0: welcome to this week's presentation with scott tool we are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from god's word now speaking from rosedale baptist church in baltimore maryland here's pastor tool your bibles and turn to revelation chapter number 16 revelation uh, chapter number 16 two things i was thinking about when that flood was coming down i mean it was just Uh, the thunder started, which gave me a warning, I better get to my car before it starts pouring, Uh, and then driving uh, back in for tonight, uh, when it started pouring, I I thought, number one, I'm glad we have live streams so people can stay connected, number one. Uh, I'm really glad that they're able to still look in, lean in and not miss a moment uh, in our study through the book of Revelation, and then the second thing I thought was, I hope the storm doesn't knock out our live stream. And so, um, hopefully we're still uh, running up and running, but uh, we are in our next installment, verse number 1, chapter 16. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels. Now, 15.1, if you recall, the seven angels had the seven last plagues or the seven last uh, vials. We saw seven seal judgments, seven trumpet judgments, and now seven vial judgments poured out. Uh, Go your ways and pour out the vials, the seven angels. Go your ways, great voice saying, pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. There fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. Put down number one quickly, if you will. Uh, First off, the sores on the center. First thing we see uh, are the sores on the center. Uh, What they felt was a grievous sore, uh, what it caused was a noisome sore, that crying out in pain, uh, that sore on that sinner, that, that that vial poured out on them. Uh, and, verse 3, the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea and it became as the blood of a dead man. Uh, and every living soul died in the sea. And so, first we have sores on the sinner. Second, we have sickness in the sea. Uh, we've already seen in Revelation 8, a third of the water supply... Turn toxic, and now all of the water supply uh, turned to blood. Every creature in the sea dying. Uh, every ship uh, destroyed. The waters uh, corrupted. The sea uh, 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 torn, torn, and ripped, and uh, and turned toxic. Uh, and the third angel, verse four. And so we're having them in succession, in succession, almost like a drumbeat, a drumbeat, a drumbeat. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters and they became blood. Put down number three, the souring of the streams. The souring of the streams. Now, we did brush on this on Sunday because we looked at the parenthetical pause of praise. In the middle of the mess, that parenthetical pause, you see it in verse 5, I heard the angel of the water say, the angel that was over that water, the angel whose water that he was over, turned to blood, uh, turned toxic, uh, turned bitter and poisonous and into blood. That angel, uh, I heard the angel of the water say, Thou art righteous, uh, O Lord. And we talked about, it, if, you, if you recall, that, that even during the hard times, we need to give God the benefit of the doubt even during the hard times, we need to take God off trial, uh, and we need to get to the point where those who have heaven in their heart, those who have their eyes on the Lamb of God, uh, are able to say, Lord, you're righteous. You're right. You have every right to do whatever you choose to do. Not you're wrong. You have no right You're wrong in doing this. And that's where someone drifts and runs from God. Hardens their heart. But here, in the middle of the mess, that angel that was over those waters, I'm talking about God messing up uh, your area. God changing and touching uh, that thing that, that hits close to home. Lord, you're righteous. Lord, you're right. Lord, you have every right to do what you choose to do, O Lord, which art and wast and shalt be, because thou hast judged the six. For they have shed the blood of the saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they're worthy of that. Verse seven. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. True and righteous. They say, Thou art righteous, for for the things that you've done. Now, true and righteous are your judgments. Hey, don't forget, his judgments are bringing boils. His judgments are turning seas sick. Uh, his judgments are turning water to blood, but uh, they're saying true and righteous, not terrible and wrong. True and righteous, Lord, you're righteous. Lord, you're right. You have every right to do what you choose to do. We've seen the sores on the sinners. We've seen The sickness in the sea, we've seen the souring of the streams, verse 8, and the fourth angel, just one right after another, one right after another. Uh, And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, uh, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire, uh, and men were scorched with a great heat. Put down number four, scorching by the sun. Scorching uh, by the sun. Remember we talked about how that probably was a supernova, uh, a sun burning brightly, almost surging brightly before it burns out. And don't forget, they don't have any fresh water at this point. They don't have any water. Hey, it's turned to blood. It's turned toxic. Those seas have soured. Those streams have turned sick. And now scorching by the sun. Look at number five. Write it down. The stubbornness because of sin. Their stubbornness... At this rate, we'll be out in about five. Anyway, uh, the stubborn. Look at their stubbornness. Verse nine. And men were scorched with a great heat. And look at the stubbornness. They blasphemed the name of God. Now look at that caveat that it adds, which hath power over these plagues. They blasphemed the name of God, who has power over these plagues. Well, it's almost as if someone goes into the boss's office cursing him out, that boss who has power to fire you on the spot. by the same kind of a feel. That caveat, they're blaspheming the name of God, but, 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 but he's the one that has power over those plagues. Boy, we shouldn't be blaspheming, we should be bowing. And they repented not to give him glory. That stubbornness because of their sin. And so, uh, we've seen that first angel, and the second, and that third, and now uh, the fourth, verse 10, and the fifth, one right after another, that drone of a drumbeat of those vials pouring out. Uh, that fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seed of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain. They didn't use their tongues for praise. Uh, they gnawed their tongues for for pain. Uh, they didn't bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. They blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues. That's the fifth angel. The fifth angel uh, poured out seed of the beast. They gnawed their tongue's pain and blasphemed the God of heaven, verse 11, because of their pain and their sores and repented not of their deeds. And, and the sixth angel poured out his vial, again, one right after another, upon the great river Euphrates. Boy, a significant river, a significant location, a significant boundary. It's where Iraq and Iran, Iraq and Iran are where Babylon was. It's the birthplace of civilization. Many believe that's where the Garden of Eden was. Uh, and if it's the cradle of civilization, uh, it's also going to be the grave Because it's here, here, where the Battle of Armageddon, at least they're going to be marching in to do that. We're heading towards it, that battle at the Valley of Megiddo, or the Battle of Armageddon. Look at it again. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the river thereof was dried up. That river that's 1,300 miles long, that, that river that in places is 30 feet deep, almost uh, over a half a mile wide. I- impressive obstacle. Uh, 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 what What are they going to do to be able to march in? Uh, an angel is going to cause that river to dry up. Or that angel is going to influence someone to cause that river to dry up. Uh, the New York Times said, Syria believes that Turkey is seeking to deprive it of the Euphrates River water. The Ataturk Dam Network, now complete in southeastern Turkey, allows Turkey's generals to control the lifeblood of that fertile crescent to the degree that OPEC controls the oil of the market. Syria and Iraq both allege that Turkey is intentionally strangling, withholding uh, that water supply from the downstream neighbors, turning water into a weapon. Uh, Erd Uhan uh, Biender, uh, the site manager at that Ataturk Dam, stated, while oil can be shipped abroad to enrich only the elites, water has to be spread more evenly within society. It is true, we can stop the flow of water into Syria, Iraq, for up to eight months without the water overflowing our dams uh, in order to regulate their political behavior uh, and our political uh, purposes. And so it's already set up for that to happen, whether that angel does it himself, or that angel influences someone to to use that dam. Look at verse number, uh, that that verse again, the sixth angel, uh, that sixth angel, verse 12, poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that, that, here's the reason for it, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Uh, It's paving the way. It's paving the way. It's making a way for those kings of the east. Probably Japan, uh, technologically advanced. Uh, Possibly China coalescing together, uh, unthinkable today. Uh, But but that unification, those those countries coming together, uh, possibly China, uh, probably uh, Japan, uh, maybe including Indonesia, the kings of the east, Uh, India, the kings of the east, Korea, the kings of the east. But, but if you look down in Daniel chapter 11, verse number 40, uh, it talks about the king of the south, Egypt, and the king of the north, Russia. And so the kings of the east coming in uh, and then adding the kings of the south and the kings of the north coming down. Boy, it's, it's, it's as if every other nation uh, is focusing their attention uh, on Israel, trying to totally wipe them out. Totally wipe them out, bringing them together, fighting against God Himself. And so, uh, uh, Revelation 16 is giving us that uh, dried up river in order for uh, the kings of the east to to march in. Uh, Revelation chapter 9, talking about the same place, the River Euphrates, numbers that army being 200,000 men. 200,000 million men Uh, they were always shocked that that number was so large because when john wrote this epistle uh, and uh, up to recently uh, there weren't and i get there's a lot more now as far as it's exponentially increasing but uh, during john's time there weren't even 200 million people on the planet Uh, it would almost be as if we would hear the number 200 billion 200 billion people uh, no way there's not nearly nearly that many people uh, John would have dropped his pen but there is going to be a day when when uh, the newspaper the AP story talked about the red Chinese army can mobilize by itself 200 million troop army its population is 1.35 billion uh, and it's the kings of the east it's not just probably China, but then also possibly Japan, and then uh, maybe India, Indonesia. Uh, We do know this, it's the kings of the east, and it seems like every other nation rising up against God's nation, uh, Israel. Suddenly, uh, there's going to be this huge army marching in. Pan-Asian Highway, they they get to the River Euphrates, it's dried up they're marching across millions killed during this time and we get to the point where where Babylon, mystery Babylon, uh, the great harlot Babylon where uh, in chapter uh, number 17 we're going to see ecumenical Babylon fall, 18 we're going to see economic Babylon fall, Uh, that unification that unification uh, put down uh, number one, if you will, just a few thoughts uh, with regards to this. The total unification. The total unification. All the nations coming together, uh, much like we, what we've seen recently, uh, that unholy trinity of, uh, of the devil and the false prophet and, uh, and the beast, Antichrist, coming together. Uh, look at the total unification. Look at verse number, verse number 12. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. The water thereof was dried up that uh, the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Look at the unification. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the the dragon, the devil, uh, and out of the mouth of of the beast, the Gentile political leader, uh, Antichrist, uh, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, the false prophet, uh, probably the Jewish religious leader, that unholy Trinity now unified. Uh, The frogs are coming out uh, in the same way. Those demonic influencers are uh, all coming out of those three, uh, much the same, to to draw the kings to that final global battle. Uh, We're beginning to see, or we may have already seen, uh, that one world government coming into place in Revelation. Uh, The United Nations of sorts. Uh, And uh, we're about to see a one-world religion, so many different, so many different religions unified uh, under one banner, and that one-world government, that one-world religion, and then that one-world economy where where they can't buy and sell unless they take that mark, that that image of the beast, the world unifying, coming together uh, like it's never come together before. Now, remember, uh, the tribulation starts with that peace treaty between Israel and Israel in the Middle East, again, unthinkable, but the guy that coordinates that uh, is probably going to be Antichrist. The tribulation starts there, mildly maybe at first, but then three and a half years in, that abomination of desolation when uh, he goes into the temple of God, setting himself up as God to be worshipped as such. Uh, And that's when all of the vials are poured out, the great plagues are, are, are pounding and coming down, but towards the end of that, but all the nations coming together to fight against that one nation to finally put that battle to bed. The total unification. Mystery Babylon. Uh, it started in Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel. I don't know if you want to flip there. I don't know if we have for the screen. But, but that unification, that oneness, we're seeing it now with, with uh, the devil, Antichrist, false prophet, and now, now the nations coming together. Verse uh, 1, their method is right, their motive is wrong. Look at it. And the whole earth was of one language, and of one speech, unified language, unified speech, unified interests. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, this is the Tower of Babel, Mystery Babylon, Economic Babylon, Ecumenical Babylon. Boy, this is the start of it back then. Look at it. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there, and they said, one to another, one language, one speech, one world government, one to another, go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly, a unified labor force, and they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar, and they said, go to let us build us a city, that unification and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven, one world religion and let us make us a name unified motive unified name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth and the lord came down to see the city the tower uh, which the children of men build and the lord said behold the people is one the people is one and they have all one language and this they begin to do now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do building a tower to reach heaven i don't think so much physically uh, as much as spiritually that unifying, that unifying. Listen, the method was right. Their motive was wrong. The method was right. Their motive was not good, was not godly, was not right. They unified their interests, their language, their speech, their goals, their, 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 their motive. And God said because they had that method, boy, they can almost accomplish anything that they set out to do. Nothing, nothing will be restrained from them. Uh, That's the first thought about this. Total unification. Put down number two, if you will, quickly. The biblical clarification. The biblical, we're seeing it come together again. Here in these last times. Seeing it coming together again. Uh, The kings of the east, the uh, king of the south, the king of the north, uh, all coming against Israel. uh, uh, That method is right, but that motive is wrong. The clarification is this. Uh, In the same way it started out Tower of Babel that way, uh, it's going to end up in Armageddon uh, that way. Uh, Their method was right. Their motive was wrong. I know people that are so against uh, 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 unity, uh, so against uh, one accord, so against, well, I'm going to fight about everything. They understand their method was right. Uh, In fact, there's another group that used that method. Uh, the church in the Book of Acts used that method. Their method was right. Their motive was godly. Their motive was good. In Acts, you'll see it over and over again. One accord, they're in one accord. They're in. They're in one accord. Uh, Acts chapter 114, These all continued with one accord. It's going to sound a whole lot like a whole lot like the Tower of Babel. Uh, The only difference is they weren't trying to work their way up. God had already come all the way down, uh, and now they're unified as a church, as a body of Christ. Uh, Look at chapter 2, verse number 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord. One accord in one place, and 3,000 people were saved. God doesn't use big churches. He uses unified churches. God doesn't necessarily not use small churches. He uses unified churches. Chapter 4, verse 24. They lifted up their voice to God with one accord. One accord. And in that chapter, when they prayed, the place was shaken. They were assembled together. They were filled. The Holy Ghost, they spake the word of God with boldness. The multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that out of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Revival broke out when they were unified, when they had one heart, uh, when their motive was right, and their method was right, and their motive was God. Uh, You see it again in Acts chapter five, when they were in one accord, there were miracles and healings and happenings. But here the Tower of Babel, uh, and soon that that one world government, that one world religion, that, that uh, uh, unified nations, their method is right, but their motive is absolutely wrong. Does everybody get that? The total unification, uh, you're going to see it. The, it's not going to be just the euro, the, that currency, just the euro. It's going to be the the, the, the globo, I don't know what you would call it, the planet, I mean, uh, just one, one currency, uh, and it's going to be a mark. One currency, uh, and it's going to be to those that are worshiping a- Antichrist. Uh, and uh, the governments are going to coalesce and the religions are all going to come together uh, and it's going to be unified as such. Hey, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater just because their motive is, motive is wrong doesn't mean their method is not right. In fact, the Lord Jesus Christ, his passion and his prayer is that his people would be one. I think about John chapter 17, his high priestly prayer, when he says, verse 11, Holy Father, keep through thy own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one, as we are one. By the way, um, uh they're they're pretty tight okay it's called the Trinity it's a uh, three persons one God uh, and his prayer for us is to be one like that uh, in verse 20 neither pray I thee for these alone but for them also which shall believe on me through their word that's us that they all may be one as thou father art in me and I in thee that they also may be one in us but he's passionate about Peter and John getting along. Man, there was so much chipping and biting. and, uh, and uh, They were opposites of personality types. But, but, but after the resurrection, when God's grace uh, uh, filled them to the full, boy, they walked hand in hand, side by side, serving the Lord together as one. That high priestly prayer, verse 22. And the glory which thou gavest me have I given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect and one. I've always thought it uh, interesting that we actually can fulfill one of Jesus' prayers. We can, as Christians, fulfill. uh, He's the one answering so many of our prayers. There's one prayer that He prays that we can answer when we end up, Romans 15, when we're like-minded one toward another, that we with one mind, one mouth, glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. But when we're that, we're answering His prayer. Psalm 55, we took sweet counsel together. We walked in the house of God in company. Ezra 4.3, we ourselves together will build unto the Lord God of Israel. 1 Corinthians, that talks about that we all may speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, that you may be perfectly joined together. Same mind, same judgment. Philippians 3, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And so, I want to give a biblical clarification on the Tower of Babel. That method was a good method, but their motive was not God. In times, their method is going to be a good method, but their motive is not God. Listen, don't throw that baby out with the bathwater because that method is good and our motive should be God. And so, number one, the total unification. We're seeing that. And then the biblical clarification. But then put down number three and we're done. The global devastation. The global devastation. Look at verse number 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophet, these frogs. For they are the spirit of devils, working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth. They're going to all of those kings of the earth the kings of the east, king of the south, king of the north, and of the whole earth to gather them to the battle of the great day of the God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief, blessed is he that watcheth, keepeth his garments. Uh, lest He walk naked and they see His shame and He gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon or the Valley of Megiddo. Uh, and so that unholy trinity, frogs, frogs, uh, those demon spirit frogs are going to the kings influencing them Uh, Basically, go to Megiddo, go to Megiddo, go to Megiddo, go to Megiddo. As they're (laughs) riveting, go to Megiddo. And they're saying, hey, I need to go to the Valley of Megiddo. That's where I'm going to go. And so uh, all of them unifying, going there uh, for that one last battle. Someone said this. They said, I don't know what weapons we'll use in World War III, uh, but the weapons we use in World War War IV will be sticks and stones. Uh, I'll put it this way. Um, World War I wasn't the war to end all wars, but this last one, Armageddon, will absolutely be the war to end all wars. Look at it, verse 16. And, and he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon, the Valley of Megiddo. Uh, Napoleon uh, said if there ever was a landscape, a place for the final battle, this would be it. Um, it, it was a Uh, notable place. It was a uh, place that that, uh, uh, absolutely fit everything that you would need to have that one last stand. Uh, All the armies, uh, their valley of Megiddo, that battle of Armageddon, and the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air and there came a great voice uh, out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, say it with me, it is done. Say it again, say it with me, it is done. I do think it's interesting that um, we are saved from the wrath that is to come. Pre-tribulation rapture. Uh, it's in chapter 4. We're gonna be in, if you're saved, we're going to be in heaven during all of this. Uh, but God's wrath has been poured out on our sin. For those that are saved, God's wrath has been poured out on our sin. When the Lord laid on Him, when Christ took our sin, God's wrath poured out on our sin. For those that don't trust that, they're going to have God's wrath poured out on their sin, and it's called the Great Tribulation. Uh, I think it's interesting also that that phrase, it is done, Uh, it is done, uh, is the same Greek word, uh, it is finished, it is finished. And so if you're not trusting the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ, when He said, hey, it's paid in full, Uh, anything that needed to be done, I just did it. Uh, It is finished. If you're not trusting that, then you will hear those words, but you're going to hear them uh, there in the tribulation. If you're not saved, if you've never trusted Christ, uh, you'll hear that same phrase, but it'll be in a totally different place. As you're paying for uh, your sin, are you blaspheming God or are you believing in God's son? Uh, You're either going to go to Mount Calvary and trust what He did on the cross, or you'll have to live through the valley of Megiddo, the battle of Armageddon, uh, and pay for trusting the blood of Christ, or uh, you'll end up having blood spilt up to the horse's bridles. Uh, We've already talked about that. Uh, 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 That tie-in, it is done. It is finished. Uh, It is done. Uh, It is finished. Verse number 18 Uh, And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake such as was not since men were upon the earth so mighty uh, an earthquake and so great, and that great city divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. Great Babylon came in remembrance before God. Babylon, Tower of Babel, the tie-in, to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath, uh, and every island fled away, uh, and the mountains were not found. Boy, as those nations are coming from the east and the north and the south, the Lord Jesus Christ is coming from above with ten thousands of his saints. Uh, The valley uh, of Megiddo, that battle of Armageddon, isn't going to last long when the Lord shows up. Uh, And look at verse 21. And there fell upon men a great hailstone out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. Does anybody remember... Uh, what the punishment in the Old Testament was for blasphemy? It was being stoned. If you blaspheme, if you commit blasphemy, you're stoned. Uh, it's interesting here that those that are blaspheming the name of God, blaspheming the name of God, uh, they're, they're quite literally stoned. Uh, the weight of a talent, hailstones, a uh, hundred pounds in weight. Uh, look at it again. "...and there fell upon men..." They're being stoned, a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. I think the takeaway, um, as uh, we do dismiss today before we have another flood, um, is this, if you're saved, if you're saved, boy, we're going to be in heaven. Uh, we have a. We're going to already be raptured. The church is already going to be taken out. But it's because you've trusted the blood of Christ. Uh, and if you've trusted, if you haven't trusted the blood of Christ, that blood will be spilt. If you haven't trusted, it is finished. You will hear those words: "It is done." Uh, when those seven last plagues are poured out, seven seals, seven trumpets, uh, and now seven vials. And so, uh, this isn't. Um, I I think two things that can happen during a sermon like this is one, boy, thank the Lord I'm saved. Boy, I'm so glad that I'm saved. Praise the Lord on December 27th, 1984, 18 years old, front seat of a little yellow, I think Volkswagen, maybe it was a little car, Toyota. I I bowed my head and I opened my heart, placed my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for my salvation. Um, Thank the Lord, thank the Lord. Uh, but if you're tipped on the other side of, boy, I hope I'm saved. I, I don't know that I'm saved. Maybe I do need to get that thing settled. Boy, you're in a great place. You're in a church that um, we saw several throughout the week this last week come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord for that. If only one ever does, it's worth everything that we do. But we do need to make sure that we're trusting What he did on the cross, it is finished. The shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ so that we don't have to pay for our own sins. That blood to the horse's bridles, it is done. It is done. Well, let's make sure uh, that we're saved. Examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Examine yourself, I think it's Corinthians. Examine yourself whether you be in the faith. And uh, for those of us who are, praise the Lord. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.